Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Today is Monday, July 27th, and I, I can just smell it. I smell it in the air. We have hoops here. It is the week where we finally tip off to resume the regular season, resume the DFS world, and it scratched that itch. But before we get jumped into anything, I have to say I'm super excited. We have Brenton Eckersley on, and if you guys haven't or haven't already heard, you've heard now. Brenton's going to be with me on a lot of these shows over here on Hoopball DFS today. Brenton's also going to be publishing a couple articles for us over here at Hoopball, but nonetheless, we're super excited to have you on. Thanks for joining, brother. Uh, but let's 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 hear it, man. Uh, let's hear that beautiful voice you got. This is it. <laughs> uh, thanks for the intro there, Mike. That's, that's nice. Uh, super excited to be part of the Hoopball fantasy team. Uh, I, I consider myself really lucky to be here with you guys. It's just a great honor. So hopefully we can, you know, break, break some slates down and, and break some teams down and, 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 you know, help some people get on their way in some DFS slates. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you, and you're, you're, hum, you're humble over there. Uh, we're happy to have you. He, you're going to be a big addition to this team over here, man. I'm really looking forward to. And if those of you out there are wondering why I said beautiful voice, well, you're gonna you're gonna hear from Brenton himself. He's gonna, you know, Brent. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? What you're, you know, what you do in the daytime? How you kind of found us over here at Hoopball, and how we found you, I guess. And uh, you know, what kind of what's your DFS landscape? More of a cash GPP? Uh, tell. And then I, I want to hear a fun fact about you too, man. Something something interesting that has nothing to do with sports <laughs> or basketball. It's it's like the first day of school. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so uh, as you guys can probably tell by the accent, I'm uh, over here in Australia. Uh, I, I live in Adelaide, which is down on the uh, south coast of Australia. Uh, I'm uh, in sales during the day. That was one of your questions there. I, I work in audiovisual, which is uh, a, a bit of a passion of mine. Um, as far as fantasy goes, uh, I actually picked up on fantasy around about 20 years ago, so I've been in the game a long time, but uh, mostly in Aussie rules football, which uh, some of uh, some of the American audience is picking up on over there while, while we've had no sports. We've had uh, AFL running here for uh, a couple of months again now. Um, so, yeah, I picked up on um, fantasy with, with Australian rules football, uh, picked up on uh, an NBA DFS um, three or four years ago now, um, found a found a website down here that does DFS, and I was like, "Wait, I can play fantasy every day." Uh, yep, I'm in on that. So, really uh, started uh, honing in research on NBA players and and how to play DFS. Um, right. Fun fact: um, 
I was a DJ for 15 years. Uh, I did a, a, a nightclub DJ career for a long, long time here in Adelaide. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, that's a bit of a, a, a sideline fact for me. Nice, man. All right. So when I get married in Australia, I know who to call. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, dude, you're, I'm not you're... a wedding DJ. <laughs> <laughs> nightclub, nightclub only. <laughs> I can't help with your wedding, Mike. I'm sorry. All right. Well, if I have a 3 a.m. rave, that I need, I need some help. <laughs> I, I, I know where to go. I know where it's to go. Like bring in the, bring in the, what is it, the fluorescent paint, and some good stuff, man. But awesome, That's man. I'm glow sticks. <laughs> I the glow sticks. I'm glad to have you here, man. We're gonna run through this. Uh, as, you guys, as you guys probably have heard and been listening, if you've been following the series before the season started, we're going to continue our theme. We're going to go through, break down four more teams today. After that, there's only two teams left, and then we have ourselves some real basketball. But today, we will highlight the Pacers, Nuggets, my personal favorite, Mavericks, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, before we do, before we jump into anything, just a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsors, if you haven't already checked out Manscaped, you've heard the name enough where you should have. Go check them out. Look at the good stuff that they have. Lots of products. I know I've been talking about the Lawnmower 3.0 now for weeks. Uh, I, the thing, it's like you barely have to charge. It's, the thing's fantastic. I mean, the, all the different sorts of shampoos, conditioners, they have it all for you guys. Please go check them out. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. That is H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. And you will receive 20% off plus free shipping. So all in all, great products and you get the discount. So, And then you already know, I have the coffee in my cup every single morning. And it's only Wine Isles Kona coffee. So I've been hooked on this stuff, Brent. And you'll probably hear me talk about it a thousand times, even when they're not asking us to. But listen, this stuff's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to have to get you some of that. Are you, are you a coffee drinker, Brent? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I like to hear. Finally, anytime someone's like, "No," I'm like, "Okay, well, that's like saying you don't like dogs. I don't think I can trust you now." It gives me that. It gives me that weird. I'm like, "How do you get through your day then, Superman, without coffee?" Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, on your on your high horse, thinking you're better than the rest of us that need it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I check them out, guys. They're absolutely fantastic. They have like multiple different blends. They do the K cups, and the best part, you get it delivered to your door with a nice gold clip on it. So. That is out of the way, Brenton. We're going to jump right into the good stuff right now. And I feel like there's two teams out of our four that we're going to be talking about tonight that have a lot more pressing news uh, and things worth monitoring, I guess. So we'll start with the Indiana Pacers. Most recent news that came out is Demonis Sabonis dealing with plantar fasciitis. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, that, If anybody's ever had plantar fasciitis, um, it is very painful. I've actually, you know, not had it like severely, but I've had it's it's the tendon that runs through the middle of the foot. I agitated it and it felt it was unbearable. So I can only imagine somebody tearing it what that must feel like. But um, I'm going to pass you the reins on this one, man. And I mean, what are you expecting without the minus bonus on this court? Uh, I guess the other pressing news, which is also going to impact it. So we'll have to look at this from two lenses. Is Victor Oladipo playing or not? And he said he's still weighing things. He did manage to play in the scrimmage, uh, I believe it was this morning. I uh, played about 28 minutes in that. So take us through it, man. What are you expecting? We'll start with the bonus news. Uh, I guess then we'll touch on a couple of the aspects surrounding whether or not Oladipo plays or doesn't play. But who can we look at? Where do you think some of this usage is going to go? And who are you going to be targeting, I guess, for DFS? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the bonus news is obviously huge. Um 
I've actually had to deal with plantar fasciitis myself. I had it quite severely, and and really the only thing you can do for it is rest. You can play through it, but like you said, extremely painful. Um, and and Sabonis has left the bubble, I believe, to to go see a specialist anyway. So we don't expect to see him anytime soon. Um, second scrimmage was really interesting for me. Um, McMillan went to a, a smaller lineup around Miles Turner, um, and and Turner's. You know, one of these guys that's obviously going to get some big pickup here with Sabonis out. Um, but there are some others. Um, he was himself, Miles Turner, dealing with, you know, a calf complaint, but still logged 24 minutes in the scrim- second scrimmage, which is great to see. Uh, some other front court minutes available, obviously, with Sabonis not being there. Uh, Jakar Sampson and Doug McDermott will probably pick up minutes there. And, um, as of yet, we haven't seen much of Goga Badate uh, dealing with knee soreness, but uh, you can expect him to be in the mix too. Um, for me, with um, Sabonis out, um, Turner's the obvious one. You, you know, he's not going to be priced too high. He's going to get a huge spike in, um, or sorry, let, let's peg that back a bit. Maybe not huge, but a large spike in um, in minutes and, and usage as well. And uh yeah, if you if you actually break that down, um, a, a number of players uh, really uh, improve on usage and points per minute and fantasy points per minute with Sabonis out. So, surprisingly, you know, or not not surprisingly, but you know, some of the smaller guys like Brogdon and Oladipo actually get some really big jumps in usage with Sabonis out. So we have to monitor monitor what's going on with those two guys as well. Um, if you have a look at uh, someone like Oladipo with with Sabonis uh, out, uh, let's say Brogdon rests as well, and that's something that could actually happen down these games through these seeding games. You know, both of these guys are coming off injury. Um, we don't even know if Depot's necessarily playing yet, but with a 28-minute um, second scrimmage, you'd have to expect he's probably in. Do you think he's actually going to play, Mike? I, so I, I'm, I'm in the camp of thinking he's going to play. If he's playing 28 minutes in a scrimmage, I think that he's going to play. The one thing I have is with Sabonis going down, the team now weighing options saying, okay, well, you know, is it worth it to us? Is it, is it worth putting our star out there uh, in a season where we're missing one of our best players already? That, you know, but I think if he, he's a gamer, if he's healthy enough to play and the, and the doctors, uh, you know, clear him and he's, say he's good to go, I, I imagine he's going to be on the court. Um, that, that's my take. I, I mean, it's still the wait-and-see approach. It wouldn't surprise me if he sits, uh, but it's one of the few things that we're going to have to keep monitoring, I think, as the season progresses. But I know you touched on a few guys just now. Uh, you know, Jakar Sampson, I think, is the most likely candidate to probably draw the start with Sabonis out. Uh, we saw them go with a smaller lineup tonight or, or today or this morning uh, during that scrimmage against the Mavericks. Uh, I believe it's also, though, because the Mavericks went pretty small as well. Chris Porzingis sat out. Uh, turns out, I guess he he missed a nurse a nurses station check in, so he was supposed to check in at the nurses station, get his daily test, uh, and he didn't. So he had to qu- self quarantine for one day. So he was forced to sit out the game, and we kind of saw them uh, start Seth Curry, put move t- uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. up to the three, uh, and, and in essence, just going with Maxi Kleber at the four and DFS or Maxi Kleber at the five, DFS at the four. So they went with a little smaller, and I think that's kind of why the Pacers just threw out their small lineup as well. Uh, but we, I think, it, I think going forward, if they were to play like the regular Mavericks team uh, with Chris Stapps and Kleber in there, they'd probably looking at you know Miles Turner, Jakar Sampson, T.J. Warren, uh, Victor Oladipo if he's healthy, 
And if not, it would be Aaron Holiday in there with Brogdon right behind him. So um, I guess we could talk about that. I, let's talk about that lineup for a quick minute. Uh, if, you know, Oladipo's out. Aaron Holiday drawn the start. Is he someone that you gravitate towards at all in fantasy? I'm actually gravitating towards him even if Oladipo and Brogdon do play. I think there's a chance that um, he may get a, a heavy workload here um, because those two guys are, you know, they're, they're coming off limited minutes in the first scrimmage. They both played 28 in the second, but you, you've still got to think that they're probably going to be limited somewhat uh, just on the, on the comeback and potentially rest as well. And if either of those guys rest, Aaron Holiday is, is just a must play. Um, he's going to come in with, you know, some, some big time usage and, and obviously a minutes bump as well. Absolutely. And I think it's worth noting also Brogdon, you touched on him dealing with injury. He also had COVID as well. So he was dealing with, you know, coming off the injury before the season break and then COVID during the break coming back and I think it's worth McMillan already mentioned that he plans on limiting his minutes early on whether that means in the scrimmages which I kind of take it maybe in the first few games he's not playing full 35 36 minute 34 minute games uh, once the regular season kicks off but that's going to make a big difference to me because if he's playing 28 27 uh, you know you're not getting the complete value Uh, but without Sabonis on the floor he's an absolute monster he's averaging 1.5 Four zero DK points per minute this season with them off the floor, twenty six point six usage rate. So, um, you know, if I if, if if we're good is good good to go, uh, coast is clear, no minutes cap, he's ready to play, and Sabonis is out. Uh, fire fire him up for me. I'm all over uh, Brogdon, and even more with Oladipo out because, you know, those are the two biggest usage guys right there. Sabonis, Oladipo. You have to imagine Brogdon's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. I like Holiday as well. Um, but, you know, it's all about where you have the money. If you're trying to save a little bit of money and you want to get that nice, safe floor, obviously I think Aaron Holiday is a great play as well. He's going to be half the price of Brogdon probably. Uh, but that Brogdon upside, it's tantalizing. And I wouldn't mind playing some some Miles Turner. Uh, with Turner, it's a little tough. You never really get that rebounding upside that you're always looking for. He kind of plays a little bit away from the basket. Uh, but still, you know, you're getting the defensive stats. And with the, if they're going to run small lineups with Jakar Sampson out there, uh, there should be some rebounds readily available for him, so I don't mind him. There's also just a ton of centers that we're that we've already talked about that we will be talking about. Uh, you know, maybe on DK where you could play two centers, or if you're over there uh, in fantasy draft and you want to just load up on them, you could do that as well. But anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, before we keep it moving on to the next team or? Uh, yeah, just a couple of quick points back the other way. If if Oladipo does play and you actually have. Um, uh, Sabon- obviously we have Sabonis out, but if um, Sabonis is out and Brogdon sits, the, the usage for Oladipo actually just goes through the roof. It goes up to 38.2% usage, and a, this is monstrous, 1.84 points per minute. Uh, that That's video game numbers. Uh, so, yeah, we've got to keep an eye on that as well. Uh, and just lastly, um, for a cash play, uh, TJ Warren for me, uh, just always in my cash lineups. He, he's got a great floor. He's rarely going to, um, you know, hurt your lineups. Um, and um, again, there's the bump there if Sabonis is out. So uh, just keep an eye on TJ too. That's a great call. Um, and the bump necessarily, obviously, he's going to be up there in usage. TJ Warren's not a guy that's shy, uh, but he's also not known for necessarily filling out the peripheral stats. And with Sabonis out there, should if he ends up playing that four at all, which he will for stretches during games, uh, he'll have a little bit more of an opportunity for a couple extra rebounds a game. We might be seeing him grab like six to eight rebounds here and there. 
that would be nice for TJ Warren, who's always a nice middling price cash play. So that's a good call, man. I like that. Let's keep it moving to, uh, I think this is America's sweetheart team right now, man. Um, it's everybody's favorite team to talk about. Oh, what's that? There goes my, my Siri. Uh, Alexa had something to say, but she, she kind of needs to mind her own business. There we go. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to we're gonna have to unplug her very soon. I apologize. It's, if it's not Santino's dog, it's uh, it's gonna be my Jeff Bezos inventions all over the place. So so we'll keep it moving. Nuggets here, man. America's favorite team right now. Everybody is just losing their minds over ball ball and rightfully so. He looks like a nimble seven footer out there, blocking shots, draining threes flying around in transition looks good man I'm, i i think we should just spend a quick minute just talking about him because i feel like if we don't we wouldn't be doing anybody justice just because he's the only thing that you could see on social media and tv right now and then we'll go in there and break it out but have you been have you been checking him out at all oh, absolutely um you know call it the super bowl sorry about that um <laughs> yeah a, a huge hype around him after that first scrimmage obviously he he really went to town playing uh you know small forward in one of the biggest lineups ever put on a court ever um you know great to see i think from a dfs perspective we have to temper our expectations here this guy is behind some names on that denver nuggets list like plumley joker obviously paul Millsap, jeremy grant and even michael porter jr so um you know when it comes to the crunch i, I think denver you know may get some minutes to him in uh, in some seeding games but more likely in games that just don't mean anything like the two scrimmages that we've seen mike w- what do you think that's I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp I, and i kind of tried to tell people on twitter i believe too uh just to temper the expectations like you said it's, there's a lot of guys who aren't there and i mean they played him at the three um, for a lot of that. So we're talking guys, you know, Will Barton sat out their last scrimmage. He was, uh, you know, resting his knee. He was always dealing with knee soreness. But they also didn't have, you know, Torrey Craig, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr. either, like all those guys you mentioned. Um, all those guys happened to play, you know, the three. <laughs> Sometimes in a little bit of the two, but they're primarily their wings. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to see him outplaying Millsap right now. I think, uh, you know, going forward, he's going to be their power forward of hopes for the future. Uh, once Millsap decides to hang him up or you know go elsewhere, but until then he's got a couple guys he's going to need to leapfrog, and I just don't see that happening right away. Um, not in the midst of them having you know a good season, looking like this this could be anybody's year uh, with the whole bubble and everything. They're going to want to go for it. All right, man. But we're going to jump into it. Uh, that's that. I had to talk about that, but I mean this is this could be the other big news. We just talked about all those injuries. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, it looks like Gary Harris and Torrey Craig have joined the team. So they are with the team. Michael Porter Jr., I guess, is en route still. Um, I don't think he's arrived and, and kind of cleared protocol or anything like that just yet. Uh, but he should be there soon. So it looks like we are just going to have a good old healthy Nuggets team uh, being able to run out their normal regular starters. So uh, anything worth noting out of those guys, you know, being in now that you're taking away from it? Oh, look, uh, apart from Nuggets fans breathing a big collective sigh of relief that they actually have some guards and wing players uh, in the bubble, um, you know, really what it does for me is just pushes back a couple of fringe bench players that we may have been starting to get excited about. Um, You know, Troy Daniels done really well in both scrimmages, but he's going to get pushed back once you see, you know, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, 
Jamal Murray, these guys on the floor. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of, this is so fluid, Mike. You know, every time every time you open an internet browser, you know, news is changing and, and this is just an example of that where you have to rethink your, your strategies on a couple of these fringe players and that's pretty much all that's happened here um, for me. Uh, Monte Morris is probably worth a look. I think, um, you know, is he in the bubble yet, Mike? Uh, oh, so, no, that's, that's something else I probably should have said. Uh, he is not. Neither is Dozier. So and Michael Porter Jr., Morris, and Dozier are not yet with the team. So I would I, I would assume they would have to get there within the next day or two uh, to, to potentially clear protocols and maybe try to get at least an on-court practice before they played. So uh, those guys might not be ready by the regular season. Uh, looks like that we will have Gary Harris and Torrey Craig, though. Yeah, so there you go. And, and it's just what I mentioned about having to be agile with, with what's going on in the news. You know, Monte Morris, he's not there. Okay, so maybe Troy Daniels does get a little bit of a spike. You know, he's played well in both scrimmages. He, he's got to be worth a look if you're looking for a high-value, low-salary guard, um, maybe last man in or something like that. Right. I'm, I, and, and that's a good call because there's going to be a lot of these guys that are coming in here. We don't necessarily know what kind of shape they're in either. Um, we don't know if they're going to be a little rusty. We don't know if they're going to have to get worked in slowly. Um, and if that's the case, we're going to see the Nuggets probably use these first games as kind of starting lineup tune-up games where we might see the starters play, you know, low 30s, but that'll free up a lot of bench minutes. And I think for the most part when it comes to the Nuggets and, you know, um, it, they're very situational for me. You know, Jokic is in play, I think, every single night. I think the same could be said for Jamal Murray just for his GPP type of upside. Not a guy that I generally play in cash games, though. I'm not a big Murray cash guy. Um, and then, you know, I think in, in the right situations, Millsap and Barton, they generally, you know, slide under the radar. And both of those guys present a massive amount of upside with pretty safe floors with uh, Barton's ability to rebound from uh, the wing position at, at one of the highest clips in the league. Uh, and then Millsap just being able to stuff it in multiple different ways, blocks, steals, rebounds, a couple assists, uh, even hits a couple threes here and there. So, I, I mean, those are the guys I generally look at. I'm a big Michael Porter Jr. guy. Once he gets minutes, I'm, I love him. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, it's just health with him. And I hope that that back is finally tuned up nicely. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I mean, that's that's it, man. I think I think the Nuggets we were expecting. I think if you asked me yesterday, two days ago, um, if we're going to have a lot of news and a lot of stuff to talk about, I would be like, yeah, we're going to probably spend 10 minutes on the nuggets. And that all got, you know, fizzled away with all these guys coming back now. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love what you said um, about, you know, the nuggets basically now just being, you know, like a, a, a situation based call, if you like, or, or, or a matchup call, um, you know, they got most of their team there. Now they, they all seem to be fairly healthy. Um, it's going to come down to who they're playing pace up, you know, matchups and, and, you know, who's playing, uh, you know, who's playing against Murray on, on, on the point guard spot and, and things like that. So, you know, the news is definitely a little less exciting than it was maybe 72 hours ago, um, but there's probably still a couple of guys to look at. Yeah, I just, I don't really trust Gary Harris at this point. He's just looked like he's been lost all season due to injury, uh, due to whatever it may be, but so he has not been right. The only time I think I've really gotten away with playing him uh, was against the Kings, and I, I just play any shooting guard against the Kings. That's been my go-to uh, for quite some time now. Yep. And even Gary Harris can get it done. So that just says something about that matchup. 
Uh, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's probably not even one I would go do with Gary Harris just because of the other options and with everybody healthy at, at, at the moment. So, uh, But that's the kind of situational matchups I'm talking about. So there's a, there's a few spots where you, I'd love to target Will Barton, and, and it's generally against teams that uh, play a little smaller, play a little quicker, struggle to rebound on the wings, and that's where Barton takes advantage of it because he crashes the lane hard. But uh, is there anything else that you're that's standing out with you for the Nuggets that you want to spend another couple minutes talking about, or should we just keep it moving to? Uh, I guess we could say you know the best team in the NBA. Yeah, let's go. All right, man. I, I'm I'm biased. Yeah, I was gonna say. I didn't know we were doing, you know, like the Lakers or the Clippers. Oh, you mean Dallas. Let's go. Let's go, Mike. I'm a big Dallas guy, man. I, I've always loved Dallas. So uh, always a warm spot in my heart. And now, man, it's just getting to watch Luka Doncic play basketball. It's glorious to do. And, it's, and it feels even better when he's doing it for the team that you root for. Um, it's wonderful, man. He's only so, he's so young. I got so many years left to watch this kid. Super excited. But, I mean, for the as far as the Dallas Mavericks go, uh, not a ton, not a ton as far as news updates that we necessarily need to, I guess, worry about as far as DFS and the landscape. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein did opt out, so he's not going to be with the team. Other than that, should be his business as usual. Um, you know, I just touched on Porzingis. He had to miss one day due to the quarantine. That's it. I don't think he'll, he'll probably know where those nurses stations are for the rest of his time down there. I, I don't think he'll be missing any more of those. Uh, so I think as far as a starting lineup, what we can expect would be Luca. At the one, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the two, Dorian Fidia Smith at the three, uh, Chris Stapps at the four with Kleber at the five, and then there's small ball lineups like we like we saw uh, this morning. Um, I guess this morning for me, last night for you. Is that how that that's how that works, right? I got that with the Australian. That's exactly how it works. Okay. And these these seating, uh, sorry, these scrimmage games are actually earlier than normal NBA games, so they're pretty much happening as I'm asleep. Oh, that's not fair, man. That's not fair. I think everybody deserves to watch some good old preseason scrimmages, uh, just like the rest of us. But <laughs> it's making this tough, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, so they 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 played Seth Curry. Uh, they just slid everybody up in position. Played DFS at the four, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the three, and then they played Curry at the two. So that was their small ball lineup without Chris Stapps. Uh, but expect Chris Stapps to be in there, ripening and ready to go. Uh, him and Luka Doncic are are both just the two premier studs of this team. And outside of them, I mean, I don't play DFS. I just don't think that the the ceiling is there for him. He's got such a low usage. He only averages about a 12.9% usage rate and 0.74 DK points per minute. Uh, that's not enough to get me going. Kleber, it's tough. I think it needs to be a, a situation with someone sitting like Chris Dobbs before I really get excited about Kleber. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., I think there's, there's upside in him. I uh, don't know if he's a cash guy of mine, but definitely has some GPP and tournament appeal in the right situations. But uh, who do you look for? And I guess who are your, your favorite guys on Dallas that you find yourselves playing the most? Yeah, so um, interesting. Like uh, like you said, you know, it, it, it's all Luca and um, and Chris Stapps, but uh, I'm actually going to uh, go a little bit against what you said in Kleber. I think he's going to be a good cash play in DFS. Um, he's not a high usage guy or points per minute guy, but you have to expect he's going to get a minutes increase here. And if the salary stays low, he's probably worth a look in cash lineups. Um, I wouldn't go basing your, your whole strategy for the day around him, but I think he's, he's you know, got some good matchups and potentially a, a cash lineup option. Um, but for me, um, 
the, the couple of higher salary plays are, um, I think, you know, it's easy to go to Luca every time you play DFS and, and depending on the matchup, he's just a triple-double, walking triple-double. But um, in the other high salary play, I think we've got to have a look, a harder look at Porzingis in the restart. Um, you know, with the, the, the five position depleted, there um, with with Dwight Powell out, he's going to have to play some centre minutes, which probably means a slight increase in in minutes overall. Um, and if you can get him at the right salary in the right matchup, uh, he could do anything on any night. So he's more of a GPP play for me. Um, but I'll be having a look at Porzingis um, uh, pretty pretty confidently. The other guy is uh, in, in GPP for me is Seth Curry. I mean, he he has his nights where he does, doesn't do a great lot. Um, but, um, you know, when you come back into your first scrimmage in the bubble and do not miss a shot from anywhere on the floor, <laughs> um, you are, uh, you know, and that's pretty much leaving off from where he was shooting uh, when the season shut down. I think he was shooting something crazy like 54% in the last month of the season before it shut down from three. Um, it comes back in and, and 100% shooting 23 points in 15 minutes playing time. You've got to look at Seth Curry and GPP lineups. What do you, what do you think, Mike? I mean, Seth Curry, I think you hit it. GPP's 100%. I mean, we've seen he can go, uh, you know, 9-9, 10-10 on a night. Uh, he's been one of the most efficient, efficient you know, wings, I think, uh, in the league this season. And, and he, we've seen him step up anytime there's been injuries. The Mavericks have kind of mixed and matched and played different things. And I liked how you talked about Porzingis, too, because when Luca was injured, I think he was dealing with his ankle injury, uh, he was lighting it up, man. He was dropping 50s, almost 60-point games here and there. Looked like old Porzingis, just really grabbed the usage and looked comfortable. Uh, didn't Wasn't playing to anybody else, was playing to his strong suits, taking his best shots, finding his best, best spots on the court. I, I, you know, I hear a lot of people say he doesn't back enough people down, but that's, that's not his game, and, I'm, and I would love that he doesn't do that. Uh, he knows his strong suits. And he knows how to be successful in his spots on the court. But he just looked a lot more comfortable uh, when he was actually, you know, getting that high usage. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to play Luca like every single night because I probably will. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love playing Luca, um, especially knowing that the Mavs right now are in a situation uh, as a seventh seed. I mean, you've got to imagine that they want to do anything that they possibly can to leapfrog somebody. I think they're about a game and a half back right now. Uh, get that six seed. That way, they don't need to worry about playing the Clippers. Um, I do that's, not want to play the Clippers. No, that's for sure. That's the worst matchup that that Luca can face. Deal with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all day long is not a fun thing. So I imagine that this team's probably going to be full bore right when they come out of the gates. They're going to treat every game like it is a playoff game, um, and I'm expecting high minutes for these guys. So I will be all over Luka Doncic. We're talking about a guy with a 36 and a half percent usage rate, averaging 1.58 DK points per minute on the season. That's insane. If you're telling me he might even play an extra two to four minutes a game, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'll pay the 10, the 10, the 11, probably 10, 9 is where I imagine he'll be when we kick this back off. But uh, totally worth every penny of that for me. How about you? Totally agree. Totally agree. These guys are going to come out hard. Like you said, they need to get out of seventh spot. Um, you know, they're going to have their best players playing high minutes. Um, so, yeah, pay up. Pay up for the, for the you know, two-headed monster and, uh, you know, Maybe even sprinkle some um, some uh, uh, lower salary guys in around them. They're going to be going nuts. Absolutely, brother. And that brings us to our fourth and final, almost a third, fourth and final team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So much like the Mavericks, uh, they look like they're, they're, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, not, not too many injuries to worry about, nothing really worth noting. I guess the only thing that is worth noting, and, and keep this starred, 
uh, because we will get the news eventually, is that Dennis Schroeder is expecting the birth of his child. Uh, and it's expected sometime in the middle of August. And he did already come out and say that he does plan on leaving the bubble when that does happen. Um, and one would imagine that, depending on everything that's coming back, you know, with everything, we might be missing a better half of a week, maybe even two. So worth noting during that time that, you know, I guess with him out, the primary guys I'd, I guess I'd look at would, you know, I think most of the usage just goes to the bigger guards. You know, Chris Paul and Shea get a little bit of a bump. Uh, nothing big and nothing worth noting. And then you see a little bit of the bench usage go to guys like uh, you know Darius Baisley and Terrace Ferguson, a couple of guys like that, but nothing big. Shorter, shorter, shorter being out doesn't really, I guess, tip the needle for any one player. Just a little bit of boost for the rest of the starters. But I guess we should have the regular old starting lineup here, man. I'm not expecting anything different. Um, I guess we could just pretty much expect Chris Paul at the one, uh, Shea at the two, uh, Gallo at the four, Dort at the three, Adams at the five. But uh, do you do you find yourself playing a lot of these guys during the regular season so far this season, or are they kind of one of your you know stay away teams? I guess I wouldn't call them a stay away team. Uh, I, I love SGA. I, I love watching Shea play. Um, you know, m- much like you with uh, Luca, uh, I think he's got a, a little bit of a tick of an upside here. Um, when when Schroeder leaves the bubble, we know he's going to. Um, you know, I think uh, SGA may play a little more on ball um, and get, you know, yeah, just a little bit more usage because the usage did go down um, with Schroeder in this team. Um, so I think there's a little bit of value around SGA um, in, in probably both formats. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably the guy I find myself playing the most just because we've seen that upside several times throughout the season where he's never too highly owned. Everybody knows his upside. Every, I think everybody knows he's going to be a future all-star um, for a long time, in my opinion. But it's a lot of people just think he gets overshadowed. And the thing is, you know, Chris Paul is Chris Paul. He's going to do Chris Paul things. Chris Paul is always in play for me. Um, but I just love that Shea upside, man. I think Chris Paul's got that super safe floor. Consistency is always there. Uh, almost kind of like a Hassan Whiteside or Kevin Love, one of those guys where – yeah, of course, there's baked-in GPP upside in there where you could get you 55, 60, but you're looking at like a guaranteed 40 to 40, like mid-40s every single Absolutely. night with him. And you can just sign me up for that. I'm good with both those guys. I, I don't play Danilo Gallinari very often. Um, I think he's a fantastic play. He's just one of those guys, man. I can never get him right. And I think it's just my curse, and it's a grudge match at this point, where when he beats <laughs> me, I just let him beat me. Um, I can't do anything about it. I can't get him right. I play him three days in a row. He'll dumpster dive all three days, and on the fourth, he hits. So that's my luck. You, man. <laughs> and then uh, Steven Adams, I think, is the other guy that we can always take a good look at. It's just minutes with him. Um, sometimes his minutes get limited around the high 20s, and then at that point, it's, he's barely paying off value. But we've seen some of those high upside games. Um, and you know, with, with this being what it is, he might be forced to play some of those big minutes. But um, – any of these guys kind of stand out to you as guys that we might be gravitating towards a little bit more? I know you said Shea, but uh, do you find yourself maybe keeping a star or any notes next to any other guys? Yeah, for sure. I've got a couple. Um, you touched on Stephen Adams there. This break is going to do nothing but help him. He's been, you know, fighting niggles and oh, ongoing, you know, injuries uh, over the last couple of years, and and they have they have to play him so heavily that uh, that's kind of capped his upside a little bit. I think the break will really help Stephen Adams and we may see some some real flyers from him here depending on matchups. Um, the other guy there is, of course, uh, uh, is of course Nerlens Noel. Now, early on, they may not actually run Adams out that ma- 
in that many minutes. So you may see Noel get uh, quite a few extra minutes at the centre position, and that makes him a really interesting GPP play for me. Um, the other one that to, to watch there is when Gallinari rests, um, Noel's fantasy points per minute do take a pretty big jump. So um, it, it's worth keeping him in mind, but... Um, I also like Adams, so yeah. Um, just just one more. This is a bit of a long throw dart here for you, but um, uh, we got to look out for Lou Dort here. Um, when Schroeder leaves the bubble, there there is a chance that 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 they do play uh, Dort in a few more point guard minutes. He actually did this in his early development years. He was a point guard. He, he proved that he could score. Um, he just hasn't been that guy for the Thunder because he's basically you know playing fifth fiddle in terms of scoring. But um, you know, just keep that in mind uh, as we go ahead. When Schroeder leaves the bubble, there is a chance that Dort gets, um, you know, a, a lot more offensive stats. It, it is a possibility. I like that call because it actually, we just saw it in the last game against Boston. I think the last scrimmage, they let him handle the ball a little bit more. He still plays small forward, uh, but we got we got to see him facilitate a little bit. I mean, he, he had third tur- uh, three turnovers, three assists. Uh, but the turnovers just show that he was willing to try to make passes, and this is a guy that they they know he has that in his game, and it's in his uh, in his you know repertoire. But it's not something that they expect him to roll out every single night. So I think it's a really really good call, and it only takes something like that to be a little bit of boost uh, to boost his usage. And that's not something that if you were to you know go out there and look up the situation when Schroeder's off of the court, what's going to happen. That wouldn't pop up. A lot of people wouldn't know that Dort does have that kind of ball handle and that facilitating uh, experience in, in his back pocket. So that's a good note, man. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a star next to that and try to remember that for a, a nice low owned GPP option. And uh, you're welcome. I think that's. Uh, I mean, do you have? I, think, I don't really have anything else. I mean, no, uh, Nerlens Noel. I think he's just a great fantasy point per minute guy. When he's on the court, uh, he just fills it up in so many different ways. Uh, defensively and the rebounds and those quick, easy putbacks are all there for him. But, uh, you know, probably a GPP guy for me, unless, you know, we know for certain that Adams is being limited or not playing. And then in that case, you just lock and load him up. Um, you Sky's the limit if Noel's playing 30 minutes. So, Absolutely. But that is all I have. Um, anything else you wanted to kind of say about them? Or we good One to go? One quick question for you. Oh, let's hear it. Does Andre Robertson get minutes in this lineup? Absolutely. Good thing you brought that up. I can't believe we almost skipped up over that. Uh, yes, I think the bigger news is Andre Robeson played, guys, if you did not know that. And we didn't even mention that. But yeah, he came out. I think he played about 19 minutes in that last scrimmage. And it was a great, great emotional meet- moment for everybody that is an OKC you know, fan or teammate, player. Uh, everybody loves Andre Robeson. And if you know how hard he's worked to try to get back out of the court, it's been about two years since he had his patella rupture. And it's just been setback after setback ever since. And he was, at one point in time, one of the league's best perimeter defenders, um, a, a staple for them. That's what they need right now. And I think, absolutely, if this guy could play minutes, he will play minutes, especially down the stretch. I think that's where they're going to look to use him a little bit more. Fourth quarter uh, on those teams where they, the, wing is, the wing scores, um, they need somebody. That's been a point of emphasis where they've been bleeding from all season long. Uh, small forwards generally do pretty well against this team. So I would imagine now that Roberson out there, uh, he kind of puts a little bit of a Band-Aid on the wound and just tries to help out a little bit. I don't know. we got to see. we got to see this guy again. He hasn't really played any competitive basketball in two years. There's going to be a lot of rust. But uh, generally defensive tendencies, you just don't forget about that kind of stuff. It's like riding a bike. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and just great to see him back out there. Um, you know, he's not a, fa- a fantasy guy for me, but, um, you know, ju- just great to see him out there. There's a lot of love for him. So, yeah, good work. Absolutely, man. And I think uh, I think that's all we have for you guys. So, you know, before we take off, uh, as always, if you guys can give us a thumbs up, a rate and review, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, iHeartRadio, we are all over the place, and the ratings, the reviews, it means a lot to us. Uh, lets us know what we're doing right, what we can improve on, uh, and just overall what you guys' feedback is. It just, you know, it, it lets us know this is our baby over here. So uh, tell us, man. And if uh, you guys could, give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And uh, Breton, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Terrain72, so that's T-E-R-R-A-I-N-72. Absolutely. Give us a nice little follow. Uh, we are got to boost up Brenton a little bit now because he's got a lot of good info. you you got a lot of good stuff to share, man, and I think, I think the, people, the people should be able to hear that and read it, actually, depending on how you use your Twitter. But that's all we have for you guys. We do appreciate you listening. Don't forget to stop over at Manscaped. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. Get your 20% off of free shipping, and then get your coffee right when you're done with that. Probably show up on the same day, and it's a win-win. And we'll be back next show. I guess me and Santino are just going to round, you know, round everything up, finish it up. We're going to talk Bucks. We're going to talk Lakers. I know he's going to be coming with a ton of information. He's a diehard Laker fan. So that's it, man. And then before you know it, we are playing some good old DFS and talking about live cards with actual pricing, and it's going to be a good time. Oh, yes. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys shortly. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.